0: Freak Joe. Joe it's 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 kind of a sad episode <laughs> because it's the last freaky show of the year. Yeah. yeah. It's bound to happen eventually, I guess. Who would have thought that October would come to an end?
1: It it flew by so fast. It
0: did. It did, it went by. And I think I think a lot of that has to do with uh the fun that we have doing these episodes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But, yes, guys, this is the final episode of this Freaky Show for uh, 2022. how Halloween wraps up and we roll into, uh, you know, October 31st, this coming Monday, uh, probably one of the best uh, holidays of the year, for me at least. Uh, I want to remind you all to uh, make sure you check out our Haunted Cemetery vlogs that are currently being released on the FreakNet Studios YouTube page. Uh, We have been releasing them throughout the entire month of October. With only two cemeteries left to be released, so make sure you check them out. A lot of fun doing it. Really excited uh, to see what our plan is for next year. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe making sure audio works will probably be on our list of things. Yeah, that should be a high high priority. Oh, absolutely. You think like sound check. Sound check should be important. Mm
2: -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. So.
0: But uh obviously we gotta figure out if we're gonna go to Wisconsin or Michigan, because I think that's what we narrowed it down to one of those two.
1: Mm-hmm. I or maybe you're Missouri.
0: Correct. Or maybe Missouri. I don't know. Mm, Missouri could be fun. Yeah, but it's definitely Midwest. It's definitely Midwest. Uh guys, uh we have uh, we have guests uh tonight. Um as we uh as we mentioned. I know I promised last week, but uh as we learned last week I lied. So, uh, we're gonna have Babes of Lore on, t- uh, tonight. They are, uh, a couple of girls who are going to create a podcast. Hasn't been released yet, but, uh, we're going to kind of jump on the, I, jump, uh, uh, what, what am I, what am I trying to say here, Joe?
2: Jump. The bandwagon?
0: Yeah, sure. I don't know. I want to say, like, we're, we're, we're talking about it before it goes out. So, I mm. I,
2: guess, I, guess,
0: I, I don't know how to, like, properly say that. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know. Cart before horses? Yeah, right.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely that bandwagon because that'd be we'd be jumping on after they're popular.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, uh, so so it's like a, the opposite of a bandwagon is? Yeah, so it's, it's like a pre-bandwagon. It's like a, uh, it's like a uh, an an oak uh, orchestra card. Ooh, I like that.
1: I was going to say like a that. um a football team, uh, SUV, mm. or something. Uh, what's the opposite of uh, like a station wagon? Sports station, car.
0: Right. Sports car, uh yeah. Yeah, station wagon, uh go with sports car, Corvette, convertible. No. Yeah. Yeah, But what's I the opposite of, what's the opposite of a band?
1: Yeah, that's I went with football team, I am I think of marching band when I think band. <laughs>
2: there we
0: go. There we go. Uh you could have gone with a different kind of band though. I mean you got rubber bands.
2: Yep,
1: could have.
0: You got the you got the metal bands that kinda keep mm-hmm. things uh bonded together. Yeah, opposite of a band I feel would be a clasp. I don't know why. So uh clasp chevy clasp corvette Ooh, that's
2: fun yeah
0: the point is uh we're (laughs) gonna we're we're getting ahead of the game here we are we're gonna talk with uh some uh some up-and-coming podcasters about a uh, podcast they're going to uh create and uh we want to get them on here to talk about it especially during this freaky show because their show is going to be uh quite freaky in the sense That's right. I'm looking forward to it. Yep, so I'm excited to talk to them. Uh, But before we get them on here, I just want to remind all of you guys that this episode of This Freaky Show is brought to you by CarterComics.com. That's right, guys. If you're looking for a place to purchase your comics, whether they be graded or raw, CarterComics.com is the best place for you to go. It's your one-stop shop for all your comic needs. Now, you can go onto their website, CarterComics.com, scroll through the store, start clicking them, throwing them in a cart, you can use a discount code FREAKNET, that's F-R-E-A-K-N-E-T, you'll save 10% in your entire order. But it doesn't stop at just CarterComics.com. CarterComics.com owns four different eBay accounts that you could also use our discount code on. All you got to do is go to CarterComics.com, scroll to the bottom of the homepage, and all four links to their eBay accounts are right there. I don't know why, but Joe, you've been listening to me doing these, this plug right now, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, did I say YouTube account or did I say eBay account the first time?
1: I don't remember. In my head. You, I,
0: a, you must have said eBay. I I'm I swearing I'm saying eBay, but in my head I'm just like you said YouTube. Mm. I don't know. Anyways, eBay accounts. Regardless of what I said, is eBay accounts. You should know because you guys listen to our show on a weekly basis, and I say the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over and over, and over again. Hell's bells, bro. <laughs> <laughs> go to CarterComics.com Whether you go to their store or you go to their eBay account It doesn't matter where you purchase their books The discount code FREAKNET That's F-R-E-A-K-N-E-T Will be valid for 10% off your entire purchase And we mentioned discount code Not a promo code Because this discount code can be used Multiple times on multiple purchases uh, Over and over As many times as you buy So it's not just a one time use thing so if you want to buy some books now, you can use discount code. You want to buy another couple of months, a couple of months after that, you can. And the more you spend, the more you save. It's just how math works. Joe, what's 10% of 10 bucks? A dollar. What's 10% of $100? $10. What's 10% of $1,000? $1, $100. See, look at that, guys. That's simple math. Go spend 1000 bucks. you save yourself 100 Simple. And then you can use that hundred dollars <laughs> To buy more comics and you'll save yourself 10 bucks. And then who knows? Maybe you can find a comic that's $10. You can use that and you can save yourself a buck on a promo code. They don't sell comics for a dollar. Don't be cheap.
1: (laughs) Unless you went on eBay.
0: Unless you go on eBay. CarterComics.com, guys. One stop shop for all your comic needs.
1: This freaky show is also brought to you by Audible.com. If you want to find your next great read, head over to slash freaknet and get yourself a free 30 day trial and a credit towards your first audiobook. And I got to tell you, Audible has been expanding a lot lately. There are, um, you know, if you like Kindle, they've got a, an option for what's called Whisper Sync that lets you switch back and forth between the audiobook and the um, digital copy that you're reading on your Kindle or Kindle app. Um, they've got podcasts now, radio shows, all kinds of things. Are on top of the free credit for your first audiobook purchased from the platform. You can do that, all that, and more by heading to audibletrial.com slash freaknet right now.
2: Nice. I just mixing it up a little. Fuck <laughs> yeah, mix it up, man! It's it's the final show of this freaky show.
0: Cartoon Joe's going to come back and do his generic one. Way to spice it up there, bud. Thanks. Thanks. Don't, don't tell! Don't tell! Cartoon Joy said that
2: though.
0: <laughs> I don't want his confidence to, uh, you know, diminish. <laughs> All
2: right, you, uh, <laughs>
0: you you ready to talk to uh, some babes of Joe? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's get them on here. Yeah. Hi, right, guys. Uh, so, uh, me and uh, the Freak Joe here are sitting here with uh, two up-and-coming podcasters, Morgan and uh, apparently weird spelling name, Lindsay. Um, guys, thank you for uh, being on the show. Thank,
2: thank you for having you us. Know. Thank
3: you, Travis and Joe. Appreciate it.
0: Thank mm-hmm. you. 100%, 100%. 100%. I'm really excited to do this because uh, and I think I can't remember if it was the last episode or the episode before because we've actually been talking about your podcast uh Throughout the entire month of October uh, just for a couple of reasons one I want to put a lot of pressure on you guys to actually do it and <laughs> and two because we talk so much about Halloween and stuff throughout the month of October that's why uh, we don't refer to this show as this freaking show for these four weeks but it's this freaky show uh, your guys' podcast has a unique concept that really relates to freaky things uh, and that's why I wanted to have you guys on here and that's why I, I did my best not to be a liar this time because I do tend to fib and lie a lot on this show and promise things to to listeners, but I never do. So <laughs> I'm glad I am glad I have to do that this time. So uh, I guess there's three things. The third thing that uh, I really wanted to have you guys on is because uh, doing podcasting and doing these shows, and obviously I do a couple shows. Uh, Joe's on a couple shows himself. We're actually going to create a new show uh, next year is I found a love of doing kind of, like, social media, podcasting, and stuff like that. So to kind of help you guys uh, actually uh, makes me feel really good about myself. So, um, and I'm selfish like that. I want to have uh, the feeling of, like, me accomplishing something, even though I did nothing but talk about it. So you can't take that away from me. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, but I want to give you guys a a chance to talk uh, and give you an opportunity to kind of uh you know explain who you are explain what the podcast and everything because realistically when you guys start doing this it's going to be all you talking and uh i'm really excited to uh kind of like you know you know hear more about you guys uh more about who you are and so let's start with babes of lore uh go ahead you know you go ahead and talk i'm morgan Lindsay. i don't know whoever wants to start uh but tell me tell me about how you came up with the concept of the name and what a uh, concept of what the show is.
4: Well, this is Morgan. <laughs> um, so. It doesn't matter. <laughs> anyway, sir. Um, oh, <laughs> So, um, well, just like a little backstory. Lindsay and I are cousins by marriage. <laughs> um, she's married to my cousin, um, Brian. And so this was all like her idea. Um, she's the one who's the mastermind behind all the things. And so. Um, yeah, she broke herself at Christmas last year. And so while she was all laid up, she was like, you know what? Let's do a podcast. And she's randomly called me while I was at work. So, yeah, so Lindsay, take it away. Talk about all yeah, the things. So, um, <laughs> as
3: Morgan so eloquently put it, um, yeah, so I mean, i been a recently got into podcasts probably about a year ago. And, you know, we just, you know, her and I really just love the show and love everything ab- about it from, you know, the lore and the scary stuff and just, you know, the the people and the human drama and aspects of it. Um, so really just wanted to do something together. I mean, we're pretty hilarious when we get together, so everybody basically dies laughing if we ever go and do anything together. So um, that was really kind of the idea and the concept, just bringing together something that we
2: love and um, just
0: talking about it basically. Gotcha. And how does, how does super natural tie into your idea? Cause you, you guys obviously could just pick up, pick um, an urban legend, uh, a ghost story or anything. You could just tell the history behind it, but you guys want to incorporate something else into it. And I'm a huge fan of supernatural. I love it. So I get the idea of wanting to talk about it, but like what, what, Kind of explain like why you feel that you want to include Supernatural into this.
3: Yeah, so I mean, originally the idea was um kind of like a rewatch podcast. It's uh-huh. um, kind of like a big trend right now, I feel like, but um ju- I mean, we're I'm we're both pretty super nerds, you know. Yeah. Supernatural is you know, one of the many facets of our nerdiness. <laughs> and, you know, it's um, you know, it went for fifteen years and didn't go for fifteen years for no reason and um, you know, Eric Kripke, the show creator, they they did a lot of research and a lot of just heavy stuff when it came to, you know, the the supernatural things in the show. So I really just feel like it just kind of fits in. And, you know, we, we love the show as geeky, nerdy girls. And I think that's kind of what bring, kind of brings it together and kind of creates the idea.
4: And we also... Like, just have a love of scary movies, and we're obsessed with like Halloween as well. We love Christmas as much as we love Halloween, which is interesting, but anyway. Um, but we love Halloween. We love like her mom has this humongous Halloween party, and we're all about the dressing up and the spooky stuff. So, having that interest in the like the lore that they talk about on the show and the real life scenarios that they probably used to plan the episodes kind of drives the wanting to dive deeper into what the episodes are
0: about. Okay, I got you. So so you're basically going to take the the premise of the episode of Supernatural and you're going to incorporate it with uh, a real-life event that happened with any kind of urban legend or story that somebody shared about uh, a ghost that's relatable. Yeah,
3: Basically, yeah, and even, you know, beyond that, you know, just – talking about the episodes and the characters and you know the the human relationship as well within the within the episodes um and also you know not just like the supernatural creatures but also you know like the, the biblical aspect of things the demons and the angels and just really kind of you know get a little philosophical about it but also just you know be be funny and you know bring a little humor to it as well
0: I got you. Well, that's pretty cool. And uh, obviously you guys mentioned Supernatural. That's going to be the concept of the show. But what about the Winchesters? Have you guys had a chance to check out that that new premiere?
3: Um, so I don't believe I say I have not watched it yet. Um, I am a little that's nervous not. about being fairly honest. <laughs> Granted, you know, I'm a huge fan of Jensen Ackles and um, his wife. So I know they will do it justice, but I have not had the opportunity to watch it yet.
0: Well, what are you nervous about Ghost
3: <laughs> yes, the ghosts. the ghosts are definitely <laughs> the scary part for sure uh no, I mean it's just you know it you know, supernatural is like a huge, was a huge part of my life for fifteen years and you yeah. know it's just those things that you get you know it makes feel you, you know it's like when Disney bought Star Wars, it makes you a little nervous
0: well, Star Wars sucked before Disney bought it, so I mean <laughs> well, that's
3: Absolutely not weird. the point but <laughs> yeah. okay
0: nonsense but, yeah but no i mean I, I get what you're saying though like you know there, there's a worrisome way, especially when you're doing a prequel is like you know like are they going to follow everything uh based on what was mentioned in the previous show and obviously 15 years there's going to be some super fans fans even like you know you know who are deep diving it even more than you guys are to try to to dictate if everything is completely accurate um i've only watched the first episode i think there's only been two episodes out so far so i've only seen the first episode so far and it's actually pretty cool um i don't think they're doing anything uh too supernatural as far as like an injustice to it uh and i'm praying to god that they don't bring angels into it whatsoever because that was the stupidest part of supernatural ever um I think at point one, and I love Cassiel. Don't get me wrong; I think he was a great character. But I think once they incorporated angels into it, you just kind of tell that they are running out of shit to do.
3: Well, I mean, you can't write a show for fifteen years and not run out of things to talk about. So,
0: uh, how, how many? How, Joey, hmm? how many years is Doctor Who been on? Um, uh, the
1: sixtieth is next year. <laughs>
3: Sixty. I'm, I'm familiar. Don't get me started
0: on Doctor Who. I told uh, you are you, are you a Doctor Who
3: fan too? Uh, huge. Like I said, uh, I, yeah, we're at least myself, huge nerds. My husband actually has a TARDIS tattoo, so we are. Nice. We are Hoovians.
4: Dorbs. Excellent. Excellent.
0: But no, you're, you you are right. I mean, and that's the thing too is like because because Supernatural is more of like a niche, uh, uh, television show where only so there's only so many spooky and creepy things that you could really do and you can only do it so many times and i understand bringing the angels in it to kind of give it a different storyline it just it just got almost to the point where like everything was like too powerful and then sudden, and i don't i know it's not gonna be big spoilers for people who haven't seen supernatural before if you haven't seen it that sucks for you guys because you really should have um i honestly believe i want to get your opinion guys because i'm assuming you guys watched the entire series of supernatural like from Episode one to the final episode?
3: Yes. Um, uh, Full time, yeah.
0: Excellent, cool. So, obviously, I don't want to talk about any storylines or anything pertaining to Supernatural, but I just want to get your guys' opinion because I have a huge one as it relates to the series finale. Um, Don't
3: even, Travis, Travis, (laughs) Travis, Travis, Travis. Can't even talk about it. Like, I literally sat on my couch and cried for an hour, like, the whole entire time started the, from the moment it happened until it ended, I was crying.
0: <laughs> for the series finale?
3: Yeah.
0: Because of how bad it was? Yes. <laughs> yeah. In my opinion, in my honesty got opinion, I think that they went one episode too many.
3: Abs a hundred percent. The 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 penultimate episode should have been the final episode. It was perfect. It ended perfectly. Yeah. It a hundred percent was exactly how that show should have ended and they should not have had that last episode it was just so unnecessary (laughs) and if you really wanted to have like that that final sequence that they did in that episode um i know you know what i'm talking about yes they could have they could have put it at the end if they really truly wanted that they could have like you know gone to dark and then brought it back and did like you know after credit scene bullshit but (laughs) i mean it was totally unnecessary they would not deserve that
0: (laughs) No, and I and I understand the idea that they had a, a different idea, a, a different plan in mind for the series finale. And obviously, COVID, uh, you know, not only affected all of us, you know, personally, but it affected the the television industry and everything. And because they're filming in Canada and the restrictions up there were a little bit more um, involved than what we had down here at that time, uh, they couldn't bring more people in that they wanted and do all these cool things that they wanted to do at that time, but. They should just realize that it was it, it wasn't going to work. Um, I don't, I didn't, I didn't like how it ended. I thought it was kind of goofy. Uh, I I think how the episode before it ended. I think that kind of like made everything perfect, and it should have stopped there. And then what happened with uh with Dean and uh, the the uh, the montage with uh with Sam at the end. I. I'm sure it was really beautiful for fucking teenagers, who kind of like started in the middle. But somebody who watched it from the beginning on and shit, just like this is really what you got us uh, got us to. It, it, it wasn't. It 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 was too much. It just it wasn't. It was just it was too corny. It it was it was
3: it was super it was super corny and it was very it was not it wasn't the show that we had watched. Yeah. For 50- years and it that i think that was the most disappointing thing it was just like i don't know if they were on craft that day or if everybody was just high but they definitely they uh they, uh crap the bed
0: for sure oh yeah absolutely so. sorry i don't know can we
3: can we cause? i apologize
2: <laughs> okay I apologize. you can Fuck yeah. Fuck, oh, yeah.
3: Perfect, perfect. Every, uh, I'm pretty sure every single one of our episodes is going to have the explicit E because I can't turn it off, so.
0: What What is, what is that called, Joe, uh, NSFW or something?
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's what yeah, that's, yeah, that's we are. Because, and this, here's the thing, like, we don't intentionally do it. It's just, like, there are times when we get into conversations where we get so, like, emotionally involved. It just happens. Plus for some reason in my mind saying fucking A instead of saying F and sounds better. <laughs> don't understand it? Is that what the A stands for That's in, in fucking A? I didn't know that. Uh well I, I think it's more like fucking asshole or fucking awesome, oh, gotcha. depending on my mood. So
1: now, I'm I don't, like, I don't I don't know that I've ever thought about what the A stands for. I just say yeah. it.
0: Yeah. Well, if I'm excited, I'm like fucking a. Or if I'm if
2: like,
1: if I'm talking to Canadians, it's fucking a.
0: Oh, fucking a. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah no. H. I. I. I think. I think. I think saying fucking a. And we'll get back to our guest here. Uh I think saying <laughs> fucking a. <laughs> it's
3: cool. It's cool. We'll just sit here. It's fine. Talk
0: about it. It's fine. Saying fucking a is very similar to just using the word fuck, you know, by itself. Like fuck angry, fuck happy,
2: fucking a. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha yeah so um oh yeah we got guests
0: <laughs> well hi
3: hi
0: we're here no no, i know you're here
2: <laughs>
0: trust me i i see you babes of lore okay uh so tell me about your guys do you guys have experience personally with lore like spooky stuff like i, I really want to get into the idea of how you guys are okay with it because i i'm a huge bitch when it comes to like horror movies and scary shit, uh, me and Joe, like, we go do like cemetery vlogs, uh, and everything. And we do it during the daylight because there ain't no way in hell something's snatching me in the fucking woods at midnight. So, uh, wrap my head, like, around the mindset of I like horror movies. I like, you know, doing this. Like, I like this shit. Like, help me understand that more.
3: So, I guess, um, let me make sure I understand your question. So, like, just, like, our, our take on it or why we're comfortable, like, researching and talking about it, or, like, what do you, what do you mean exactly?
0: It doesn't matter what I mean. You just assume <laughs> you know what I mean and just answer it. Well, my, my whole thing is, okay, so.
4: Experience.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, trust me. What?
4: Let me share my personal experience because – as I'm talking to this gentleman about the idea of my podcast, he proceeds to tell me all kinds of spooky stories about cornfields and being in the dark when I have to walk to my car in the dark and drive in cornfields for 20 minutes and then make oh, me afraid hard. to walk around my house in the dark. Helpful. Here,
2: here, Helpful here's what a, is
4: what
0: he thing. Here's the thing, Morgan. What What I said to you that day, is what runs through my mind every time I drive in fucking situations like that. Eileen, for those of you who don't know, I don't know if I mentioned it, Morgan's in wrestling school. Morgan's training, well, she's, she's a Bell girl who's training to be a wrestler. Uh, she, I think she should wrestle, but whatever. Um, so the wrestling school that she's in is it, kind of out in the country and shit. So when I go to visit there and I have to drive home, I am 30 minutes away, and I'm driving through country for 30 fucking minutes. <laughs> and the entire time I'm doing that, I keep thinking to myself, some dude is going to walk out in front of my car, and I either have to stop or just keep fucking going. Because one day something like that could happen. But, it's- I mean, I, I, so so to kind of go back, because I do want to give Lindsay, and I, I guess explain my question more. <clears throat>
2: I am a bitch. I hate horror movies. Why do you like horror movies? So,
3: for me personally, I, I, I'm i not into, like, you know, Michael Myers, Freddy Krueger, like, mm-hmm. the slasher, like, films. Like, yeah. my favorite type is, like, hauntings and possessions. Like, mm-hmm. so something... The the real the real thing so that's like that's like true that's like true horror because more than likely it could truly happen right so I think you know it's just the the thrill of the realism of it and the fact that uh-huh. you know it's it it could happen Michael Myers awesome. not going to come and stab me but I could get possessed by a demon
0: <laughs> well let me let me tell you something Lindsay with a Y and an E. A. I whatever.
2: I, it's a it's a fucking a <laughs>
0: fucking a i hate every movie you like <laughs> for, the same, for the same reason you love them because they're fucking real yeah okay i went i went to the movie theater once and i saw uh i think it's called i think it was one of stranger calls where some girl is babysitting a child and this dude keeps calling is like have you checked on the children? And shit that. And then eventually she goes, and then he calls back, like, How are the children? And it turns out to be like the, the house guest or something in the back fucking yard. Shit like that could happen when a stranger calls.
4: 100%. Scream.
0: Shit like that. Uh, uh Annabelle.
4: Yep. Oh, F that. No.
0: Amityville whore based on true events. Poltergeist based on true. Shit like that. Terrifies the. F- As I sit. In my house alone right now, <laughs> I feel something is blowing on my fucking neck as I sit and talk about this. Because it horrifies me to think that 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 those movies could actually happen. That's why my doors are always locked. Oh, That's
3: door locks don't stop stuff up like that. What's wrong with you?
0: It stops enough. <laughs> it gives me enough time to make peace with God before my life is ended. <laughs>
4: What? Well I definitely agree with you on the whole like can't watch the stuff with the ghosts and the demons because I love Misa Michael Myers and some bloody gory like slasher flicks. The ghost stuff is a hit or miss.
2: Mm-hmm. So
4: I might be questioning my life decisions the further we dive into what we're doing. But yeah. I'm I'm alone for the ride and I'm I'm here for it because there's something like a thrill with a jump scare that makes you, like, your entire body, like, jump and shake and, like, you're scared for, like, a millisecond. I don't know. There's just a thrill about it, I guess. And so, yeah. I don't know. We'll see how this goes. I'm along for the ride, though. So, I'm here for mm-hmm. See what happens.
1: Sounds <laughs> yeah. like between the two of you, you've got basically all horror movies covered. Pretty
4: much. We have yeah. a weird family. We we love the scary movies. So, ever since we were little kids, we'd watch all the all the scary things. So,
2: Nice. I
1: didn't like horror movies for years, but then uh, because I I had a family member show me the, uh, the Tim Curry It. Oh, no. When I was too young.
4: <laughs> but I've come
1: around on them. My favorite's The Babadook. What? I like, I like more psychological horrors.
3: Okay, okay. Like Saw?
1: Mm, I don't think I've ever seen a Saw movie. Oh,
3: uh, yeah, if you like psychological this. horrors, you should definitely watch Saw.
0: We'll give it a shot. Yeah, see, I can watch. I can watch Saw. Oh, good luck. Yeah, I can watch Saw. I can do Saw because no one's fucking kidnapping me. <laughs> they might. That's, that's no, I'm I'm, I'm. I'm too big. I'm too big. I'm. I'm a guy that like. They're like. We're gonna have to fucking kill this dude because we're not dragging him away. Like there's not enough room in my fucking Prius to kidnap this guy. I assume my killer will be driving a Prius. <laughs> Silence of the Lambs. I mean... Oh, there he, you <laughs> go. Nope, never girl. seen it. Won't see it. Can't do it. Thank God. You oh, need so good. Nope. Holy nope, Shining, can't fucking do it. Oh, see... Also good. so good.
3: Shining is not even, like, that
0: scary. And no. Nope. Tw- twins at the end of the hallway? Fuck that. I swear <laughs> to God, when, when I moved into this house, and I fucking went upstairs one night, this was maybe the first year I lived here. I walked upstairs, I swear to God, there was some standing at the end of my fucking hallway... And ever since then, nah. uh (laughs) I love, I love the show Psych. And then they did that one episode about Lassiner moving into his new fucking building. And all of a sudden there's these weird little fucking twins standing at the end of the hallway. I shit you not, fingers and ears, eyes closed, waiting for that scene (laughs) to fucking pass. Because there's something about twin evil fucking girls at the end of the hallway that horrifies travesty. And I'll be damned if I sit through that shit and think everything's okay.
1: And to think your dog still stares at the end of that hallway.
0: Fuck that dog, okay? That's, that's, I know that motherfucker sees something in this house, and he ain't telling me.
1: Oh, God, that monster. you think, though, if there was actually something in there, he wouldn't be so... Well, wait. What if that's why he's so afraid to be left alone? Sorry. I shouldn't be doing this.
2: Your dick. I your dick. <laughs> um dick. Well, see, that's another thing, too, because I was, I was always... I was educated on
0: the fact that when animals sense things it's, they they growl at it,
1: mm when, when yeah, when it's dangerous or whatever,
0: yeah, so maybe maybe it's uh maybe I, I don't know, I know old people lived here, and I still don't know if they died here or not. I don't fucking mm. know all I know is that the house was cheap, <laughs> That's all you I mean. did
1: buy it at the right time, though, oh God, I
0: bought it, I bought it at the perfect time, um. Just out of curiosity, have you guys had a chance to uh, check out uh, our cemetery vlogs on YouTube? It's no. okay to lie and say yes.
3: Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. They're amazing.
4: I Great. You know, Travis, I can't lie. I can't. I can't. I have no issues. I can't lie. I have not. I but But we do know that you the real MVP, bro. And we, we heard your shout-out on your podcast.
2: We did. We did.
0: Oh, if, if you did. guys – you guys been listening to the show?
2: Yeah. Yep. Yeah? Today.
0: <laughs> um, how, how many episodes did you listen to today? Two. Two? I talked to you about them on four. Oh, well, we did not oh, go geez. back for our Now I'm curious on which ones you actually listen to because they're all different. Um, no, but here's the thing. And, and, and Morgan, we talked about this a little bit at the school. Uh, actually, it was even before. I think it was uh, at uh, one of the cookouts or something. Uh, I don't know if it was a fucking uh, Fourth of July or some shit. It was
4: Fourth of July,
0: yes. Fourth of July that, uh, that we were talking about it, and I, I, I think it was at that moment that I, I loved the idea of your show. Um, you know, I thought it was a really cool concept because no, no matter how much I feel about watching movies or having this sense of imminent danger every time I go to bed. Uh, I do enjoy listening to podcasts about like haunted things and spooky things and stuff like that. Um, and the biggest thing that's going on in podcasting right now is more, more or less it's, it's about, um, about like murder, serial killers and stuff like that. But the idea of, uh, what you guys, your guys' idea is unique and I think that's what's going to help it succeed. Um, that's what I'm really excited for and that's why I told you and, um, uh, Lindsay, we just met uh, this this very moment, so uh, I'll just let you know as well that if you guys ever need help or anything, I mean, me and Joe are willing to help you guys because we want to see people succeed in this uh, as much as they're willing to do it. Well, that's so sweet of you, Travis. I appreciate that since we only met about 30 minutes ago, so thank you. Well, I'm a sweet fucking guy and also a married woman love me. I I can't explain it. <laughs> it just fucking happens. um. But but no, and, and I'm serious. And I told, and like I said, I told Morgan this all the time. And I hope she didn't think I was just blowing smoke up her ass. But I really, I really want to help you guys as much as possible because I really do love this idea. One because I like lore. I think lore. I think the ghost, the real life ghost stories, and the things that really uh, that are perceived to be real in life is really interesting to kind of look into. And uh I I got a huge fan of Supernatural, uh Sam and Dean. Uh, I, I love them. Uh you know, even the actors are amazing and and Walker and uh I a couple episodes of the boys, but they're real they're really good fucking people even outside of the shows. But so that's what made the show special to me as well. Uh and the fact that you guys are taking both of the things and putting it together in one thing, I think is gonna be really cool because you guys are taking episodes that are near and dear to my heart, but also near and dear to a bunch of supernatural fans. And you're comparing it to the lore and shit that uh that's happening out in real life. And Morgan, I mean I, I know we talked about the first episode of Supernatural and uh, you know, and how related it is to uh like local lore that happens in this area. And that's gonna be pretty cool because you're gonna be able to, you know, as you build a fan base and you start going, you know, beyond the reach of your know, local area you're going to start picking up lore from Arizona and California, Florida, you know, out in Washington, Oregon, New York and shit. And people are going to sit there and hear you talk about lore from their area. And it's going to make them more interested in that information. So I think what you guys have here is really special. And I, that's, why, that's why I said, like, you know, we are here to help you do that because the idea is amazing. And I know how hard it is to start a podcast and help it grow.
3: Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much. And I, you know, obviously we appreciate your, you know, you guys offering to help and, you know, the, the positivity and we feel like it is a pretty unique concept. You know, we, we spend a lot of time doing a lot of research on, you know, what's out there and, you know, kind of what to, what to do when you're planning a podcast. So we really try to not box ourselves in. So thank you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you guys do, you seem like very smart people. That's why that's why I I I think the research is what's going to help your podcast grow. See, for here, I am stupid as fuck. That's why our podcast has like no concept whatsoever except for the fact that we just talk about whatever's on our fucking mind. Because my mind, as you hear me talking, my mind goes a mile a minute. Like I'm always constantly thinking about something to the point where like as as I'm about ready to talk about it, I'm already thinking about something else. I mean, there are times where like I'll tell Joe like Oh, hey, we got to talk about this next week. And the moment we hang up, I completely forget about it. Me too. It it happens a lot, but that's because my mind is constantly moving. And I'm always thinking about different things, but we can talk about what's going on and shit like that. Obviously, October is a little bit weird because no matter what's happening in the world, uh, we don't really stray away from Halloween. You know, we, we want to focus on because this is a great fucking time. Um, but that's why I know when your guys' show comes out, uh you definitely have a listener in me. You're gonna have a listener in Joe and I know your fan base is gonna grow because it's like you said, supernatural is a hot topic right now. A lot of it has to do with the Winchesters, but also because Jess Eccles and uh Jared Padalecki are keeping themselves relevant in uh in uh Joe. Pop culture. Never mind, I didn't need you. Uh so um definitely <laughs> So not not to put you on the spot, even though I told Morgan I'm going to constantly keep putting you guys on the spot, uh, do you have an idea of when you want to release your first show? Um,
3: So our goal right now is to release our first episode on um, October 31st. So we will, that's not going to, Mondays are not going to be our normal release day. Um, That's probably going to be Wednesdays. We're going to do this probably weekly, but just because it is October and Halloween, Um, We really wanted to capitalize on that and release our first episode on Halloween.
2: Awesome.
0: Nice. Now, do you guys have social media set up for this where people can go to follow you?
4: Um, Well, that's a perfect uh, segue because we do have an Instagram, and we did our first post right before we got on the call with you guys, and we may or may not have tagged you in it and gave you a shout-out as well.
0: What? Well, I got I got, four, I got four Instagrams, so you're going to have to give me a minute.
4: Yeah. <laughs> Sorry we can't all be as popular as you,
0: Travis. Oh, it's not, po- it's not popularity. It's just, like I said, my mind goes so many different uh, different places. And I was like, you know what I need? I need a podcast where I talk about absolutely nothing. And I'm like, you know what else I need? I need a podcast that focuses on one thing 100%. But what I need is I need a network that I can put both these things underneath, but also I still got to be me. So, well, that's why I got this freaking show, that's why I got Just Freakin' Wrestling, that's why it's all underneath FreakNet Studios, and then you have, boom, Travesty, who co-hosts this show with Cartoon Joe, but I also do Just Freakin' Wrestling with Turtle and, uh, Dally and Steve, but then FreakNet Studios is all of us, and, uh, yeah. Which I mentioned, I think I mentioned to Morgan, but I don't know, but if I wanted to mention to you guys, just let so you know, that if you decide you ever want to be part of a network, uh, FreakNet Studios is here for you guys, so.
3: Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah,
0: yeah. Now, eventually, you're going to get more popular than us and leave, because uh, clearly that's a thing.
2: <sighs> <laughs> Don't, we will not
4: forget where we came from. We will not forget the real MVP who got us started, who pushed us to actually do it, because it kind of, you know, once Lindsay went back to work and she wasn't on the couch anymore, you know, life happened, and we forgot
0: about it. And then you just had to bring it up again. And then it's like, "Gotta yeah. do, do this." So here we I, go. I I am pushy as fuck. So yeah, I I I'm a huge. I, I, like I said, I'm a huge supporter of people's creative ideas, and I want them to see. Joe Joe told me this thing when we started this podcast back in 2015. Um, and then actually GCR, who's a co-host of uh, another podcast, Joe does, said it's the same exact thing. And I think we said it um maybe just search mm-hmm. uh things but what what does that yeah. mean joe uh
1: most podcasts only make it uh eight episodes so if you get past eight you're doing better than like 99 percent of all podcasters all right
3: all right i mean I, I think we can i think we can do that challenge accept- yeah.
2: challenge
0: accepted right so all you guys all your your focus right now is make it to the new year that's it we're nine weeks we're nine weeks away from 2023 so the moment you're able to achieve that you know that you're going in the right direction and here's another thing i will tell you and this will be different for you guys because like i said you guys are you guys are focusing on an individual fan base that i'm sure is going to help you grow pretty quick don't worry about the numbers at the beginning never focus on downloads and shit at the very beginning because that's going to eventually grow so uh followers on social media as i as i told morgan Focus on social media. Focus on advertising your shit. Get your friends to share your posts and everything and get your name spread out there. Um, I don't know if you guys are planning on using Podbean or however you are going to dis- uh, distribute um, your uh, podcast, but Podbean is great. Uh, like I said, you can create the RSS. Uh, I told Morgan all this. I don't know why I keep saying I told you guys, but whatever. Uh, you can use your RSS feed to uh, promote it onto Google Podcasts, onto iTunes, onto Spotify, Pandora, everything like that. They have a live, um, uh, I don't don't even know the word I'm trying to say. You could go live on Podme if you decide to ever do a live episode and shit like that. So, um, I'm really happy for you guys. I'm really excited that you guys are doing this. I'm excited you guys are able to come on and talk to us about it.
3: Yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you so much for having us on. And obviously the support um, and just the advice and stuff that you've given to Morgan directly and, you know, via her to – uh, me so appreciate that and uh, sorry about last week I had family in town
0: and it was uh, got a little chaotic for me no it's totally okay, okay. Morgan didn't fucking uh, become my friend on Facebook till tonight so uh, you know I mean I'm just glad she was able to utilize all of my knowledge and be like oh maybe I should be friends with them <laughs> <laughs> So, but you guys know how to reach out to us we're, we're always here uh, we're on Facebook so you can always reach out to us if you have any questions and uh, if you want, I will listen to your show and I will give you uh, constructive criticism because uh, I do that sometimes, even uh, even not asked.
3: <laughs> well, we always... You can't stop yourself. Uh, Pathological. That's going to be a big thing for us is just feedback because it's going to be, be ever-evolving. So mm-hmm. we've decided it's, you know, the first uh, first five or six are truly going to really kind of be like yeah. a pilot. So we are going to be learning and changing and...
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. Yeah, dude. You're, you're, uh, I don't know, Joe. It it probably took us like ah, oh God, I want to say a good like three months to find a groove. Yeah. Um, well,
1: we I, didn't know what we wanted, <laughs> and I'm
0: not sure we ever figured it out. No. Well, because initially, <laughs> initially when we started when we started this podcast, it was the first, it was the first week in November 2015, and we didn't have we didn't I didn't know how to intro it. Uh, we we always came up with these weird fucking segments that lasted like one or two episodes, and then they fucking went away. <clears throat> and then we finally I think one day I just came up with this random fucking thing. Uh welcome uh, welcome everyone to this episode of this freaking show, a weekly podcast with a little bit of something a whole a whole lot of nothing. I'm your host Travis and alongside me is and then Cartoon Joe would say his name. We had the uh yep. we had the Awkward Con at that time. And that stuck for years and then we started, you know, working at cold Opens. We changed our uh our uh our intro music and stuff and we started using different music and Uh, we stick to one, one segment a year. We have, we have one segment that we focus on all year round and then we change it up and everything. This freaky show always stays, but you're, you're going to find out that when you do this and you guys may find, you may find what works for you episode three, but that doesn't mean two years from now. Like, you know, we should probably change it up. You know, you're going to get bored of the intro music. You want to change the intro in any kind of way, stuff like that. Just make sure you just keep an open mind and be creative about it. And absolutely, just remember, you can edit shit. So if you screw up, don't think it's a failure. Just, you know, what, what's that saying about Edison and a light bulb? Joe, what the fuck is that thing?
1: I don't know
0: that one. Oh, come on. It's like, uh, what the fuck is it? Like, like he didn't fail a thousand times at making a light bulb. He just found 999 ways that a light bulb doesn't work. Oh, yeah, that's about right. That sounds You're right. supposed to be the smart one here, bro. Well, I don't know every quote. <laughs> oh god you read enough Sorry. fucking placards and shit you should know i've never heard that one you're making you're making me look bad in front of our guest.
4: wait wait isn't it like you didn't fail you just learned how not to do something blah blah amount of times so that's not how that works
0: that's what i just said but i didn't use the word blah blah <laughs> <so Ooh>. <laughs> there's no there is a quote out there that says uh like, I didn't fail. I just found a way that didn't work or something like that. It's actually, it's actually one of my favorite quotes, but I haven't thought about it in fucking years. I guarantee you that I'm going to think about it all night and not sleep, so thanks for that one. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, babe of, Babes of Lore. Babes? Babe? Babes. Babes, babes. of Lore. <laughs> <laughs> your, no, Skype, your Skype head was really throwing me off. Babes of Lore, uh, first episode releasing this Halloween. Um, and is it Podbean? Is that where you guys are going to release it?
3: Yeah, we are using Podbean.
0: Okay, cool. Did you get the RSS feed to fill out for uh, iTunes and Google Podcasts and Spotify? Uh, um, sure. Yeah, maybe that's exactly
3: what we did.
0: Yeah. I know that's not true because you can't do it until you have your first episode, but whatever.
3: Um, <laughs> see, I told you. I, you know, we can, you know, we can, we can do that. <laughs>
0: Good job not Ooh. lying to me, Morgan. <laughs> I
3: didn't see anything! <laughs> no, cool. so, yeah, so we, um, obviously, we have not launched our, or uploaded our first episode yet, but all that will be happening uh, Monday the
2: 31st. Okay, awesome. So, October
0: 31st Thanks, um, it is on Podbean. Make sure you guys look for Babes of Lore. Follow them on Instagram. I'm going to, uh, as soon as, uh, well, you know, I get on my phone and do that so guys i'm really happy that you're doing this i'm really excited to see how you guys are going uh you know forward with it and uh who knows maybe uh maybe this time next year you know you guys be successful and we'll have you on again to kind of catch up
3: yeah absolutely we'll come back uh whenever and maybe we'll have you guys on as guests talk about an episode yeah we'll scare the crap out
0: Excellent. As long as we can cuss in it, because uh, yeah, I won't be able to stop that. But I do I do pretty much know every single Supernatural episode. If you get me on, I recommend not one that involves fucking angels or the very last episode of the series.
2: So,
4: the first episode that Castiel is on. Got it. Oh, you monsters. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you mean when Dean comes back from purgatory? Wait, no, oh, not purgatory. The where the was rip- the, the, I didn't the- <laughs>
2: raise you from perdition.
0: There we go. <laughs> Excellent. What, yeah. gonna
3: be, it's going to be great. It's,
0: it's going to be great. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, real quick. One last question, I'm going to let you guys go. Uh, do you have a favorite Supernatural uh, natural episode?
4: Oh, you know, there's only, like, 15 years worth of content. That's not hard. I know. Pick one. Um. Well, while Lindsay's thinking, um, I have to say one of my favorites would probably be The French Mistake, where – like Sam and Dean go into Jared and Jensen's world. I think yeah. that was pretty funny. Um, I would say
3: probably the one that always sticks out in my mind that um, I always, I always think about is the yellow fever. Um, I think mm-hmm. it's the first season, so we'll be, we'll be coming up on it soon, but uh, um, it's basically the, they get the fear and, you know, Dean gets the yellow fever and, it the episode where the cat jumps out of the locker and he screams with yes. the flashlight. I love it. Every <laughs> yes. single time. Like, I, yes. I die every single time I watch it. It's just, it's great.
0: My favorite part of that episode is uh, when he does Eye of the Tiger air guitar in the car.
3: Well, that wasn't actually part of the episode, but that's okay.
0: It is part of the episode.
3: But it's not part of the episode. It's after the episode.
2: Not, no,
0: okay, listen. Okay, li- holy shit. Bam. <laughs> <Ma'am>. Bam. <laughs> He listens to "Eye of the Tiger" in the episode, and he air guitars a little bit. The entire like him jumping out on the hood, yeah, that's post credit. But he yeah. does listen to "Eye of the Tiger" in the episode. Mm. Mm. Uh, yeah, don't 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 question me on shit. Mm. I'm 30, I'm 33 years old. I have I have so much free time. I can watch shit so much.
3: <laughs> but you've only but, seen a couple episodes of the boys, so.
0: I can't get into the boys, but I, I want to just because Jensen Echoes in it. That's it.
3: You have, that's a valid You have to catch up in order to watch the Jensen Echo episode.
0: So. No, I didn't. I just skipped to it. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking kidding me? I'm not going to watch some bullshit that's stupid he's without him.
3: He, he's a genius.
0: Jeez, oh, I know. That's why. That's why I skip forward. It's like Walker. <laughs> the, the The concept of the show is stupid, but I like that Jared's in it, so I'm okay with it.
3: I watched two episodes, and I couldn't watch it anymore.
0: Because it's not really Walker. They just use the name to get people to watch the show.
3: Yeah, because, I mean, there's no such thing as Walker without Chuck Norris, so. That's
0: true. My favorite episode of Supernatural, thanks for asking, is <laughs> uh, uh, the Groundhog Day one. That's oh. my favorite one. That's like,
3: that's oh, when it's that's Tuesday, good. over and over and over again. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: and he, you know, yeah. the moment. Yeah. That's that's one of my favorite ones. Joe, you don't watch Supernatural, so you don't have one, do you? I've never seen a single episode of it. That's correct. Damn. You know what's perfect,
4: you know though? The, perfect song is the best part.
0: <laughs> See, Joe is going to be your perfect audience because now he can learn about the entire show without actually having to watch it. Well, no, now I'm going to have to
1: watch it so I know what they're talking about before they talk about it.
0: Mm. You know you should do? You should listen to their podcast and then go watch the episode. Just mm. right. so like, oh, I know what's going to happen. Because I tell you right now, the first one, maybe two seasons are definitely the creepiest of all the series. And I love that about the first couple of seasons.
3: 100%. Like a, okay. That's such very, a, very true. Yeah,
0: there's such a darkness to it and I fucking love it. Like like when it gets like I want to say, maybe season four or five-ish, it seems to kind of lighten up a little bit. But like those first initial seasons, is like, it's the most creepy. But it's because they're talking more about relatable, like real life, like ghosts and you know, creatures that, you know, you've heard your legends about, you know, not these random ones that you have to go Google, like, what the fuck is that thing? Mm-hmm. It's it's so fucking awesome. The entire search for the dad, no spoilers, but whatever, is the best part of the entire uh, series. So, guys, uh, we're going to let you go, though, because uh, we got we to gotta hear a, uh, we got, Joey's got to read a uh, short story. So, uh, we do appreciate you guys coming on. We look forward to listening to your show next week.
1: Mm-hmm, I can't wait.
2: Thank you guys. Thank Appreciate you so it. Much. Have a great night. You, Thank you. you, you, guys you take too. care. Thanks. Bye. Oh, Joe. I'm excited for their show. Me too. Me too. I actually, uh,
1: while I was sitting here being quiet, I was also being productive. I went and I found their Instagram and and liked it as our show.
2: Oh, is our
0: show? Yep. Perfect. My guy. I'll go like him uh, with the other three fucking accounts yeah. I have.
1: <laughs> and then I also uh, I went on Podbean, and now I'm following him, just as me, though.
0: Oh, gotcha. I, I'm I'm really excited for them. It's like I said, I mean, like, um, I, I think their concept's really cool because it's different. I mean, you do got podcasts that talk about Supernatural, but I'll do something about Supernatural. The fact that you're going to take two different things and merge them together, I think is going to be a really cool concept. Uh huh. Um, I agree. But another cool concept, uh, that, uh, we have here is, uh, freaky tales. Um, and, uh, Joe, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, uh, you know, open the door, open the floor. I don't know if we can open the door or the floor, or whatever, whichever one you choose. Either way. Uh, the, here, here's your time. Uh, the final freaky tale of 2023 as heard by the freak show. That's right. 2022. God. Yeah. Whatever. Idea. Whatever year we're in.
1: <laughs> whatever year. <laughs> it's, it's the 2023 is 2022 I've ever been through.
0: It's right. It's just like fucking God. Just give me, give me to the, give me to 2030. Yeah. Uh, all right. So the final freaky tales by the Freak Show of 2022. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and as per usual, I want to end the uh, the season with an Edgar Allan Poe short story. Um, This year, I'm sure you've noticed, listeners, that we've gone a little longer with the stories than we have in the past, but um, I don't know. I I like it, and it's been interesting to have new stories we haven't read before. And so in that spirit, I have found a a slightly longer short story by Edgar Allan Poe that I've never heard heard of before, uh, and, and I hope you haven't either. I hope this is an adventure for all of us. It is titled
2: Loss of Breath. A tale neither in nor out of Blackwood. O oh, breathe not, etc. Moore's Melodies. The most
1: notorious ill fortune must, in the end, yield to the untiring courage of philosophy, as the most stubborn city to the ceaseless vigilance of an enemy. Salmenazer, as we have it in the holy writings, lay three years before Samaria, yet it fell. Sardinopolis... C Diodorus maintained himself seven in Nineveh, but to no purpose. Troy expired at the close of the second lustrum, and Azoth, as Aristaeus declares upon his honor as a gentleman, opened at last her gates to Sam- Semiticus, after having barred them for the fifth part of a century.
2: Thou wretch! Thou vixen! Thou shrew!
1: said I to my wife on the morning after our wedding. Thou witch! Thou hag! Thou whippersnapper! Thou sink of iniquity! Thou fiery-faced quintessence of all that is abominable! Thou! Thou! Here, standing upon Tiptoe, seizing her by the throat and placing my mouth close to her ear, I was preparing to launch forth a new and more decided epithet of opprobrium, which should not fail if ejaculated, to convince her of her insignificance, when, to my extreme horror and astonishment, I discovered that I had lost my breath. The phrases, I am out of breath, I have lost my breath, etc., are often enough repeated in common conversation, but it had never occurred to me that the terrible accident of which I speak could bona fide and actually happen. Imagine, that is, if you have a fanciful turn. Imagine, I say, my wonder, my consternation, my despair. There is a good genius, however, which has never, at any time, entirely deserted me. In my most ungovernable moods, I still retain a sense of propriety. Et le chemin des passions me conduit, as Rousseau says it did him, à la philosophie véritable. Veritable, sorry, my French accent's terrible. Although I could not at first precisely ascertain to what degree the occurrence had affected me, I hesitated, unhesitatingly determined to conceal at all events the matter from my wife until farther experience should discover to me the extent of this unheard-of calamity. Altering my countenance, therefore, in a moment from its bepuffed and distorted appearance to an expression of arch and coquettish benignity, I gave my lady a pat on the one cheek and a kiss on the other, and without saying one syllable, furious I could not, left her astonished at my drollery as I pirouetted out of the room in a pas de zephyr. Behold me then safely ensconced in my private boudoir, a fearful instance of all the ill consequences attending upon irascibility, alive with the qualifications of the dead, dead with the propensities of the living, and a novelty on the face of the earth, being very calm, yet breathless. Yes, breathless, I am serious in asserting that my breath was entirely gone. I could not have stirred with with it a feather if my life had been at issue, or sullied even the delicacy of a mirror. Hard fate! Yet there was some alleviation to the first overwhelming paroxysm of my sorrow. I found upon trial that the powers of utterance which, upon my inability to proceed in the conversations with my wife, I I then concluded to be totally destroyed, were in fact only partially impeded. And I discovered that, had I, at that interesting crisis, dropped my voice to a singularly deep guttural, I might still have continued to her the communication of my sentiments. This pitch of voice, the guttural, depending, I find not upon the current of the breath, but on a certain spasmodic action of the muscles of the throat. Throwing myself upon a chair, I remained for some time absorbed in meditation. My reflections, be sure, were of no consolatory kind. A thousand vague and lacrimatory fancies took my possession of my soul, and even the phantom suicide flitted across my brain. But it is a trait in the perversity of human nature to reject the obvious and the ready to the far distant and equivocal. Thus I shuddered at self-murder as the most decided of atrocities while the tabby-cat purred strenuously upon the rug, and the very water-dog sneezed assiduously under the table, each taking to itself much merit for the strength of its lungs, and all obviously done in derision of my own pulmonary incapacity. Oppressed with a tumult of vague hopes and fears, I at length heard the footstep of my wife descending the staircase. Being now assured of her absence, I returned with a palpitating heart to the scene of my disaster. Carefully locking the door on the inside, I commenced a vigorous search. It was possible, I thought, that concealed in some obscure corner or lurking in some closet or drawer might be found the lost object of my inquiry. It might have a vapory. It might even have a tangible form. Most philosophers, upon many points of philosophy, are still very unphilosophical. William Godwin, however, says in his Mandeville that invisible things are the only realities. This all will allow is a case in point. I would have the judicious reader pause before accusing such asseverations of an undue quantum of absurdity. Anaxagoras, it will be remembered, maintained that snow is black. This I have since found to be the case. Long and earnestly did I continue the investigation, but the contemptible reward of my industry and perseverance proved to be only a set of false teeth, two pair of hips, an eye, and a bundle of Billis dew, from Mr. Windenau to my wife. I might as well here observe that this confirmation of my lady's partiality to Mr. W. occasioned me little uneasiness. That Mrs. Lacobreth should admire anything so dissimilar to myself was a natural and necessary evil. I am, it is well known, of a robust and corpulent appearance, and, at the same time, somewhat diminutive in stature. What wonder, then, that the laugh-like tenu- tenuity of my acquaintance, and his altitude which has grown into a proverb, should have met with all due estimation in the eyes of Mrs. It is by logic similar to this that true philosophy is enabled to set misfortune at defiance. But to return, my exertions, as I have said before, proved fruitless. Closet after closet, drawer after drawer, corner after corner were scrutinized to no purpose. At one time, however, I thought myself sure of my prize, having, in rummaging a dressing case, accidentally demolished a bottle. I had remarkably sweet breath of Hewitt's seraphic and highly scented extract of heaven or oil of archangels, which, as an agreeable perfume, I here take the liberty of recommending. With a heavy heart, I returned to my boudoir, there to ponder upon some method of eluding my wife's penetration until I could make arrangements prior to my leaving the country, for to this I had already made up my mind. In a foreign climate, being unknown, I might, with some probability of success, endeavor to conceal my unhappy calamity, a calamity calculated even more than beggary, to estrange the affections of the multitude, and to draw down upon the wretch the well-merited indignation of the virtuous and the happy. I was not long in hesitation. Being naturally quick, I committed to memory the entire tragedies of blank and blank, I had good fortune to recollect that in the accentuation of these dreams, or at least of such portion of them as is allotted to their heroes, the tones of voice in which I found myself deficient
2: were altogether unnecessary, and that deep guttural was expected to reign monotonously throughout. I practiced for some time by the
1: borders of a well-frequented marsh. Herein, however, having no reference to a similar proceedings of Demosthenes, but with a design peculiarly and conscientiously my own. Thus armed at all points, I determined to make my wife believe that I was suddenly smitten with a passion for the stage. In this, I succeeded to a miracle, and to every question or suggestion I found myself at liberty to reply in my most frog-light and sepulchral tones with some passage from the tragedies any portion of which, as I stood great pleasure in observing, would apply equally well to any particular subject. It is not to be dispo- supposed, however, that in the delivery of such passages I was found at all deficient in looking a squint, the showing my teeth, the working my knees, the shuffling my feet, or in any of those unmentionable graces which are just now considered, justly considered, the characteristics of a popular performer. To be sure, they spoke of confiding me in a straitjacket, but good God, they never suspected me of having lost my breath. Having at length put my affairs in order, I took my seat very early one morning, and the mail stage for blank, giving it to be understood among my acquaintances that business of the last importance required my immediate personal attendance in that city. The coach was crammed to repletion But in the uncertain twilight The features of my companions Could not be distinguished Without making any effectual resistance I suffered myself to be placed Between two gentlemen of colossal dimensions While a third of a size larger Requesting pardon for the liberty He was about to take Threw himself upon my body at full length And falling asleep in an instant Drowned all my guttural ejaculations for relief "'in a snore which would have put to the blush the roarings of a phalerian bull. "'Happily, the state of my respiratory faculties rendered suffocation "'an accident entirely out of the question. "'As, however, the day broke more distinctly in our approach to the outskirts of the city, "'my tormentor, arising and adjusting his shirt-collar, "'thanked me in a very friendly manner for my civility. "'Seeing that I remained motionless, All my limbs were dislocated, and my head it twisted on one side. His apprehensions began to be excited, and, arousing the rest of the passengers, he communicated in a very decided manner his opinion that a dead man had been palmed upon them during the night for a living and responsible fellow-traveler, here giving me a thump on the right eye by way of evidencing the truth of his suggestion. Thereupon all, one after another, there were nine in company, "'believed it their duty to pull me by the ear. "'A young, practicing physician, too, "'having applied a pocket-mirror to my mouth "'and found me without breath, "'the assertion of my persecutor was pronounced a true bill, "'and the whole party expressed their determination "'to endure tamely no such impositions for the future "'and to proceed no farther with any such carcasses for the present. "'I was here accordingly thrown out at the sign of the crow,' by which, tavern, the coach happened to be passing, without meeting any further accident than the breaking of both my arms under the left hind wheel of the vehicle. I must besides do the driver the justice to state that he did not forget to throw throw after me the largest of my trunks, which, unfortunately, falling on my head, fractured my skull in a manner at once interesting and extraordinary." The landlord of the Crow, who was a hospitable man, finding that my trunk contained sufficient to indemnify him for any little trouble he might take in my behalf, sent forthwith for a surgeon of his acquaintance, and delivered me to his care with a bill and receipt for five and twenty dollars. The purchaser took me to his apartments and commenced operations immediately. Having, however, cut off my ears, he discovered signs of animation— he now rang the bell and sent for a neighboring apothecary, with whom to consult in the emergency. In case, however, of his suspicions with regard to my existence proving ultimately correct, he, in the meantime, made an incision in my stomach, and removed several of my viscera for private dissection. dissection.
2: The apothecary
1: had an idea that I was actually dead. This idea I endeavored to confute, kicking and plunging with all my might and making the most furious contortions, for the operations of the surgeon had, in a measure, restored me to the possession of my faculties. All, however, was attributed to the effects of a new galvanic battery, wherewith the apothecary, who is really a man of information, performed several curious experiments, in which, for my personal share in their fulfillment... I could not help feeling deeply interested. It was a source of mortification to me, nevertheless, that although I made several attempts at conversation, my powers of speech were so entirely in abeyance that I could not even open my mouth, much less than make a reply to some ingenious but fanciful theories of which, under other circumstances, my minute acquaintance with the Hippocratian pathology would have afforded me a ready computation. Not being able to arrive at a conclusion, the practitioners remanded me for further examination. I was taken up into a garret, the surgeon's lady having accommodated me with drawers and stockings. The surgeon himself fashioned my hands and tied up my jaws with a pocket handkerchief, then bolted the door on the outside as he hurried to his dinner, leaving me alone to silence and to meditation. I now discovered... To my extreme delight, that I could have spoken had not my mouth been tied up by the pocket handkerchief. Consoling myself with this reflection, I was mentally repeating some passages of the play, as is my custom before resigning myself to sleep, when two cats, of a greedy and vituperative turn, entered at a hole in the wall, leapt up, up with a flourish a la Catalani, and alighting opposite one another on my visage, betook themselves to unseemly and indecorous contention for the paltry consideration of my nose. But as the loss of his ears proved the means of elevating to the throne of Cyrus, the Magian or Megagush of Persia, and as the cutting off his nose gave Zopyrus possession of Babylon, so the loss of a few ounces of my countenance proved the salvation of my body. Aroused by the pain and burning with indignation, I burst at a single effort the fastenings and the bandage. Stalking across the room, I cast a glance of contempt at the feline belligerents, and, throwing open the sash to their extreme horror and disappointment, precipitated myself very dexterously from the window. The mail-robber W., to whom I bore a singular resemblance, was at this moment passing from the city jail to the scaffold erected for his execution in the suburbs. His extreme infirmity and long-continued ill health had obtained him the privilege of remaining unmanacled, inhabited in his gallows costume, a dress very similar to my own. (coughs) He lay at full length in the bottom of the hangman's cart, which "'happened to be under the windows of a surgeon "'at the moment of my precipitation "'without any other guard than the driver, "'who was asleep, "'and two recruits of the 6th Infantry,
2: "'who were
1: drunk. "'As ill luck would have it, "'I alit upon my feet within the vehicle. "'W., who was an acute fellow, "'perceived his opportunity. "'Leaping up immediately, "'he bolted out behind, "'and turning down an alley, "'was out of sight in the twinkling of an eye. "'The recruits?' aroused by the hustle, could not exactly comprehend the merits of the transaction. Seeing, however, a man, the precise counterpart of the felon, standing upright in the cart before their eyes, they were of the opinion that the rascal, meaning W, was after making his escape. So they expressed themselves, and, having communicated this opinion to one another, they each took a dram and then knocked me down with the butt ends of their muskets. It was not long ere we arrived at our place of destination. Of course, nothing could be said in my defence. Hanging was my inevitable fate. I resigned myself thereto with a feeling half stupid, half sanctimonious. Being little of a cynic, I had all the sentiments of a dog. The hangman, however, adjusted the noose around my neck. The drop fell. My convulsions were said to be a legible change extraordinary. Several gentlemen swooned, and some ladies were carried home in hysterics. Pinchet, too, availed himself of the opportunity to retouch, from a sketch taken upon the spot, his admirable painting of the Marsyas flayed alive. I will endeavor to depict my sensations upon the gallows. To write upon such a theme, it is necessary to have been hanged. Every author should confine himself to matters of experience. Thus, Mark Antony wrote a treatise upon drunkenness. Die I certainly did not. The sudden jerk given to my neck upon the falling of the drop merely proved a corrective to the unfortunate twist afforded me by the gentleman in the coach. Although my body certainly was, I had, alas, no breath to be suspended and, but for the chafing of the rope, the pressure of the knot under my ear, and the rapid determination of blood to the brain, I should, I dare say, have experienced very little inconvenience. The latter feeling, however, grew momentarily more painful. I heard my heart beating with violence, the veins in my hands and wrists swelling to near bursting, my temples throbbed tempestuously, and I felt that my eyes were starting from their sockets. Yet, when I say that, in spite of all this, my sensations were not absolutely intolerable. I will not be believed. There were noises in my ears, first like the toiling tolling of huge bells, then like the beating of a thousand drums, then lastly like the low, sullen murmurs of the sea. But these noises were very far from disagreeable. Although, too, the power of my mind, powers of my mind were confused and distorted, yet I was, strange to say, well aware of such confusion and distortion. I could, with unerring promptitude, determine at will in what particulars my sensations were correct, and to what particulars I wandered from the path. I could even feel with accuracy how far, to what very point such wanderings had misguided me. But still, without the power of correcting my deviations, I took besides, at the time, a wild delight in analyzing my conceptions. Memory, which, of all the other faculties, should have first taken its departure, seemed, on the contrary, to have been endowed with quadrupled power. Each incident of my past life flitted before me like a shadow, There was not a brick in the building where I was born, not a dog-leaf in the primer I had thumbed over when a child, not a tree in the forest where I hunted when a boy, not a street in the cities I had traversed when a man, that I did not at that time most palpably behold. I could repeat to myself entire lines, passages, names, acts, chapters, books from the studies of my earlier days. And while I dare say the crowd around me were blind with horror or aghast with awe, I was alternately with a a demigod, or with Aristophanes, a frog. A dreamy delight now took a hold upon my spirit, and I imagined that I had been eating opium, or feasting upon the hashish of the old assassins, but glimpses of pure, unadulterated reason, during which I was still buoyed up by the hope of finally escaping the death which hovered like a vulture above me. "'were still caught occasionally by my soul. "'By some unusual pressure of the rope against my face, "'a portion of the cap was chafed away, "'and I found to my astonishment "'that my powers of vision were not altogether destroyed. "'A sea of waving heads rolled around me, "'in the intensity of my delight, "'I eyed them with feelings of the deepest commiseration, "'and blessed as I looked upon the haggard assembly.' Superior, superior benignity of my proper stars, I now reasoned rapidly, I believe profoundly, I am sure, upon principles of common law, propriety of that law, especially for which I hung, absurdities and political economy, which till then I had never been able to acknowledge, dogmas in the old Aristotelians now generally denied, but not less intricately intrinsically true. Intestable school formulae in Bourdon and Garnier and LaCroix, synonyms of Crab, lunar Lunatic Theories in Saint Pierre, falsities in the poem novels, beauties in Vivian Gray, more than beauties in Vivian Gray, profundity in Vivian Gray, genius in Vivian Gray, everything in Vivian Gray. Then came like a flood. <clears throat> Coleridge, Kant, Fitch, and Pantheism, then like a deluge, the Academy, Pergola, La Scala, San Carlo, Paul, Albert, Noblet, Ronzi, Vitry, Fanny Bias, and Taglioni. A rapid change was now taking place in my sensations. The last shadows of connection flitted away from my meditations. A storm, a tempest of ideas, vast, novel, and soul-stirring, bore my spirit like a feather far off. Confusion crowded upon confusion like a wave upon a wave. In a very short time, Schelling himself would not have been satisfied with my entire loss of self-identity. The crowd became a mere mass of mere abstraction. Around this period, I became aware of a heavy fall and shock, but although the concussion jarred throughout my frame, I had not the slightest idea of its having been sustained in my own proper person, and thought of it as an incident peculiar to some other existence, an idiosyncrasy belonging to some other ends. It was at this moment, as I discovered uh, afterwards, that having been suspended for the full term of execution, it was thought proper to remove my body from the gallows. This... More especially as the real culprit had now been retaken and recognized. Much sympathy was now exercised in my behalf, and as no one in the city appeared to identify my body, I was ordered that I should be interred in the public sepulchre early in the following morning. I lay in the meantime without sign of life, although from the moment, I suppose, when the rope was loosened from my neck, a dim consciousness of my situation oppressed me like the nightmare. I was laid out in a chamber sufficiently small, and very much encumbered with furniture. Yet to me, it appeared of a size to contain the universe. I have never before or since, in body or in mind, suffered half so much agony as from that single idea. Strange! That simple conception of abstract magnitude, of infinity, should have been accompanied with pain. Yet so it was. With how vast a difference, said I, in life and in death, in time and eternity, year and hereafter, shall our merest sensations be embodied. The day died away, and I was aware that it was growing dark, yet the same terrible conceit still overwhelmed me. Nor was it confined to the boundaries of the apartment. It extended, although in a more definite manner to all objects, and perhaps I will not be understood in saying that it extended also to all sentiments. My fingers, as they lay cold, clammy, stiff, and pressing helplessly against one another, were, in my imagination, swelled to a size according with the promos- proportions of the Anteus. Every portion of my frame betook of their enormity. The pieces of money, I well remember, which, being placed upon my eyelids, failed to keep them effectually closed, seemed huge, interminable chariot wheels of the Olympia, or of the sun. Yet it is very singular that I experienced no sense of weight, of gravity. On the contrary, I was put to much inconvenience by that buoyancy, that tantalizing difficulty of keeping down which is felt by the swimmer in deep water. Amid the tumult of my terrors, I laughed with a heavy internal laugh, to think what incongruity there would be, could I arise and walk, between the elasticity of my motion and the mountain of my form. The night came, and with it a new crowd of horrors. The consciousness of my approaching interment began to assume new distinctness and consistency, yet never for one moment did I imagine that I was not actually dead. This, then, I mentally ejaculated, this darkness which is palpable and oppresses with a sense of suffocation, this, this is indeed death! This is death! This is death the terrible, death the holy! This is the death undergone by Regulus and equally by Seneca. Thus, thus too shall I always remain, always, always remain. Reason is folly, and philosophy a lie. No one will know my sensations, my horror, my despair. Yet will men still persist in reasoning, and philosophizing, and making themselves fools. There is, I find, No hereafter but this, 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 this is the only eternity. Oh, what Beelzebub, what an eternity to lie in this vast, this awful void, a hideous, vague, and unmeaning anomaly, motionless, yet wishing for motion, powerless, yet
2: longing for power, forever, forever, and forever. but the morning broke at length and with its misty and gloomy dawn arrived in triple
1: horror the paraphernalia of the grave then and not till then was i fully sensible of the fearful fate hanging over me the phantasms of the night had faded away with its shadows and the actual terrors of the yawning tomb left me no heart for the bugbear speculations of transcendentalism and before mentioned that my eyes were but imperfectly closed. Yet as I could not move them in any degree, those objects alone which crossed the direct line of vision were within the sphere of my comprehension. But across that line of vision spectral and stealthy figures were continually flitting, like the ghosts of Banquo. They were making hurried preparations for my interment. First came the coffin, which they placed quietly by my side then the undertaker with the attendants and the screwdriver, then a stout man whom I could distinctly see and who took hold of my feet, while one whom I could only feel lifted me by the head and shoulders. Together they placed me in the coffin, and drawing the shroud up over my face, proceeded to fasten down the lid. One of the screws, missing its proper direction, was screwed by the carelessness of the undertaker deep deep down into my shoulder. A convulsive shudder ran throughout my frame. With what horror, with what sickening of heart, did I reflect that one minute sooner a similar manifestation of life would, in all probability, have prevented my inhumation. But alas, it was now too late, and hope died away within my bosom as I felt myself lifted upon the shoulders of men, carried down the stairway, and thrust within the hearse. During the brief passage to the cemetery, my sensations, which for some time had been lethargic and dull, assumed all at once a degree of intense and unnatural vivacity, for which I can no, in no manner account. I could distinctly hear the rustling of the plumes, the whispers of the attendants, the solemn breathing of the horses of death confined as i was in that narrow and strict embrace i could feel the quicker or slower movement of the procession the restlessness of the driver the widenings of the road as it led to the right or to the left i could distinguish the peculiar odor of the coffin the sharp acid smell of the steel screws i could see the texture of the shroud as it lay close against my face And was even conscious of the rapid variations in light and shade, which the flapping to and fro from the single sable hangings occasioned within the body of the vehicle. In a short time, however, we arrived at the place of sepulture, and I felt myself deposited within the tomb. The entrance was secured; they departed, and I was left alone. A line of Marston's malcontent. Death's a good fellow and keeps open house. Struck me at that moment as a palpable lie. Sullenly, I lay at length the quick among the dead, and anarcharsis intersithus. From what I overheard early in the morning, I was led to believe that the occasions when the vault was made use of were a very rare occurrence. It was probable that many months might elapse before the doors of the tomb would again be unbarred. And even should I survive until that period, what means could I have more than at present, of making known my situation or of escaping from the coffin? I resigned myself, therefore, with much tranquility to my fate, and fell after many hours into a deep and death like sleep. How long I remained thus is to me a mystery. When I awoke, my limbs were no longer cramped with the cramp of death. I was no longer without the power of motion. A very slight exertion of sufficient force uh, was sufficient to force off the lid of my prison. For the dampness of the atmosphere had already occasioned decay in the woodwork around the screws. My steps, as I groped around the sides of my habitation, were, however, feeble and uncertain and I felt all the gnawings of hunger with the pains of intolerable thirst. Yet, as time passed away, it is strange that I experienced little uneasiness from these scourges of the earth, in comparisons with the more terrible visitations of the fiend Ennui. Stranger still were the resources by which I endeavored to banish him from my presence. The sepulchre was large and subdivided into many compartments, and I busied myself in examining the peculiarities of their construction. I determined the length and breadth of my abode. I counted and recounted the stones of the masonry, but there were other methods by which I endeavored to lessen the tedium of my hours. Feeling my way among the numerous coffins ranged in order around, I lifted them, "'Down, one by one, and breaking open their lids, "'buried myself in speculations about the mortality within. "'This,' I reflected, tumbling over a carcass, "'puffy, bloated, and rotund. "'This has been, no doubt, in every sense of the word, "'an unhappy, unfortunate man. "'It has been his terrible lot not to walk, but to waddle, "'to pass through life, not like a human being, "'but like an elephant.' (laughs) <laughs> Not like a man, but like a rhinoceros. His attempts at getting on have been mere abortions, and his circumgiratory proceedings a palpable failure. Taking a step forward, it has been his misfortune to take two towards the right and three towards the left. His studies have been confirmed to the philosophy of crab. He can have had no idea of the wonders of a pirouette. To him, a pas de papillon was but an abstract concept. He never ascended the summit of a hill. He has never viewed from any steeple the glories of a metropolis. Heat has been his mortal enemy. In the dog days his days have been the days of a dog. Therein he has dreamed of flames and suffocation, of mountains upon mountains, of Pelion upon Osa. He was short of breath, to say all in a word. He was short of breath. He thought it extravagant to play upon wind instruments. He was the inventor of self-moving fans, wind sails, and ventilators. He patronized DuPont, the bellows maker, and died miserably attempting to smoke a cigar. His was a case in which I feel deep interest, a lot in which I sincerely sympathize. But here, said I, here and I dragged spitefully from his receptacle a gaunt, tall, and peculiar-looking form, whose remarkable appearance struck me with a sense of unwelcome familiarity. Here, said I, here is a wretch entitled to no earthly commiseration. Thus saying, in order to obtain a more distinct view of my subject, I applied my thumb and forefinger to his nose, causing him to assume a sitting position upon the ground held him thus at the length of my arm while I continued my soliloquy. Entitled, I repeated, to no earthly commiseration. Who indeed would think of compassionating a shadow? Besides, has he not his full share of the blessings of mortality? He was the originator of tall monuments, shot towers, lightning rods, Lombardy poplars. His treatise upon shades and shadows has immortalized him. He went to early college and studied pneumatics. He then came home, talked eternally, and played upon the French horn. He patronized the bagpipes. Captain Barclay, who worked, walked against time, would not walk against him. Wyndham and Albrecht were his favorite writers. He died gloriously while inhaling gas. La vie flatue crampure, did like the fama pudicite and Hieronymus. He was indubitably a, how can you, how can you, interrupted the object of my animadversions, gasping for breath and tearing off with a desperate exertion the bandage around his jaws. How can you, Mr. Lackabreath, be so infernally cruel as to pinch me in that manner by the nose? Did you not see how they had fastened up my mouth? And you must know. If you know anything what a vast superfluity of breath I have to dispose of. If you do not know, however, sit down and you shall see. It is my situation in my situation, it is really a great relief to be able to open one's mouth, to be able to expatiate, to be able to communicate with a person like yourself who do not think yourself called upon at every period to interrupt the head of a gentleman's discourse. "'Interruptions are annoying and should undoubtedly be abolished, don't you think so?' "'No reply, I beg you. One person is enough to be speaking at a time. "'I shall be done by and by, and then you may begin.' "'How the devil, sir, did you get into this place? "'Not a word, I beseech you. Been here some time myself. Terrible accident. "'Heard of it, I suppose. Awful calamity. "'Walking under your windows some short while ago, about the same time you were stage-struck. Horrible occurrence. Heard of catching one's breath, eh? Hold your tongue, I tell you. I caught someone else's. Had always had too much of my own. Met Blab at the corner of the street. Wouldn't give me a chance for a word. Couldn't get in a syllable edgeways. Attacked, consequently, with epilepsis. Blab made his escape, damn all fools. They took me up for dead and placed put me in this place. Pretty doings, all of them. Heard all you said about me. Every word a lie. Horrible, wonderful, outrageous,
2: hideous, incomprehensible, etc., etc., etc. It is impossible to conceive my
1: astonishment at so unexpected a discourse, or the extravagant joy with which I had become gradually convinced that the breath so fortunately caught by the gentleman, who I soon recognized as my neighbor wide enough, wind enough, was in fact the identical expiration mislaid by myself in the conversations with my wife. Time, place, and incidental circumstances rendered in a matter beyond question. I did not, however, immediately release my hold upon Mr. W.'s proboscis, not at least during the long period in which the inventor of Lombardy poplars continued to favor me with his explanations. In this respect, I was actuated by that habitual prudence which has ever been my predominating trait. I reflected that many difficulties may still lie in the path of my preservation, which extreme exertion on my part would be alone able to surmount. Many persons, I considered, are prone to estimate commodities in their possession, however valueless to the then proprietor however troublesome or distressing, in precise ratio with the advantages to be derived by others from their attainment, or by themselves from their abandonment. Might not this be the case with Mr. Windenough? In displaying anxiety for the breath of which he was at present so willing to get rid, might I not lay myself open to the exactions of his avarice? There are scoundrels in this world, I remembered with a sigh, who will not scruple to take unfair opportunities even with a next door neighbor? And this remark is from Epictetus it is precisely at that time when men are most anxious to throw off the burden of their own calamities that they feel the least desirous of revealing them to others. Upon considerations similar to these, and still retaining my grasp upon the nose of Mr. W, I accordingly thought proper to model my reply Monster. I began in a tone of the deepest indignation. Monster and double-winded idiot! Dost thou, whom for thine iniquities it has pleased heaven to accurse with a twofold respiration, dost thou, I say, presume to address me in the familiar language of an old acquaintance? <coughs> I lie, forsooth, and hold my tongue to be sure pretty conversation indeed to a gentleman with a single breath. And all this, too, when I have it in my power to relieve the calamity under which thou dost so justly suffer, to curtail the superfluities of thine unhappy respiration. Like Brutus, I paused for a reply, with which, like a tornado, Mr. Windenough immediately overwhelmed me. Protestation followed upon protestation, and apology upon apology— There were no terms with which he was unwilling to comply, and there were none of which I failed to take the fullest advantage. Preliminaries being at length arranged, my acquaintances delivered me the respiration, for which, having it carefully examined, it I gave him afterwards a receipt. I'm aware that by many I shall be held to blame for speaking in a manner so cursory of a transaction so impalpable— It will be thought that I should have entered more minutely into the details of an occurrence by which, and all this is very true, much new light might be thrown upon a highly interesting branch of physical philosophy. To all this, I am sorry that I cannot reply. A hint is the only answer which I am permitted to make. There were circumstances, but I think it much safer upon consideration to say as little as possible about an affair so delicate. So delicate. I repeat, and at the same time involving the interests of a third party whose resentment I have not the least desire at this moment of incurring. We were not long after this necessary arrangement in effecting an escape from the dungeons of the sepulchre. The united strength of our resuscitated voices was soon efficiently apparent. Scissors, the Whig editor, republished a treatise upon the nature and origin of subterranean noises. A reply, rejoinder, confutation, and justification followed in the columns of an Ultra Gazette. It was not enough until the opening of the vault to decide the contrary controversy that the appearance of Mr. Windenough and myself proved both parties to have been decidedly in the wrong. I cannot conclude these details with some very singular passages in a life at all times sufficiently eventful, without again recalling to the attention of the reader the merits of that indiscriminate philosophy, which is a sure and ready shield against those shafts of calamity, which can be neither seen, felt, nor fully understood. It was in the spirit of this wisdom that among the ancient Hebrews, it was believed the gates of heaven would be inevitably opened so that one sinner or saint who, 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 had, who with good lungs and implicit confidence should vociferate the word, Amen. It was in the spirit of this wisdom when a great plague raged at Athens and every means had been in vain attempted for its removal. Epimenides, as Laertius relates in his second book of The Life of That Philosopher,
2: advised the erection of a shrine and temple to the proper god the end apparently that ended abruptly (laughs) I love Poe, Joe
1: me too, I love the way he writes
0: I do I'm, and I'm glad that we make it a tradition to do one of his stories every year. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> oh, Freak Joe, uh, your time is coming to an end. Uh, almost time to uh, go hibernate. Mm-hmm. It was a good month. We, we had a lot of fun. Uh, we got to uh, meet some new friends. Uh, we got to uh, catch up with some old friends.
2: Uh, we did. But, it was but a good unless, month.
0: It was a good yeah. month. It was a, October is a great month every year for uh, us here. Um, I think we make the best of it, and I think the the, uh, the uh, haunted cemetery vlogs that we do uh, definitely adds to the this freaky show um, uh, series.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, well, for the last time in twenty twenty two, freak show. Uh, what are you freaking thinking about?
2: Um
1: well, I have found myself continuing to go through house in spite of myself,
2: yeah, yeah, it's
1: just a good show, and it's just it's so comforting to uh to have something that has like uh a decent mystery and solid answers and just mm-hmm. you know
2: it, it,
1: uh, we're at the point in the series where he doesn't always cure the person at the end, but for the most part, the person ends up cured, and it's it's just. Comforting, you know? Yeah. It's nice. And I, I do feel like I'm, uh, at the very least, I'm learning a lot of medical jargon. hmm You know, just watching the show. And so I feel like because I was reading this, it felt very, it felt like an episode of House. You know, oh, somebody who, who somehow isn't yeah. able to breathe but doesn't die.
0: Yeah. Good analogy. Good good comparison there, Joe. Fuck like, yeah. Thank you. Thank you.
1: What about you? What do you forget thinking about?
0: <laughs> um, jeez, um, you know, uh, not, not, not much, I mean, nothing and everything, I guess, if I could give that kind of answer. Uh, some of the obvious things that I'm thinking about is obviously our guests today. Uh, I'm really excited to, uh, catch their first episode that's releasing, uh, on Halloween Day, uh, if I go generically. Um,
2: Really, uh,
0: I'm just, I'm just, you know what? Actually, uh, the one thing I've been thinking about uh, most of the day today, and what I'm really excited about, is our guest next week.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, is gonna come on and uh, talk about her uh, involvement in a Power Ranger web series, and I'm really excited to hear about that because I honestly, like, to be completely honest, like, I was never really a huge Power Rangers like fan uh, until mm-hmm. like much later. Like so, like when it was like out on TV, I never really watched it too much. But when I found the videos and stuff, then it was kind of like it. It, it was good in the sense of like it was like the it was so corny that it was hard to not enjoy.
1: Yeah, I feel like uh, we weren't allowed to watch it initially because, it like the the solving things with violence or something. I feel like my mom tried to make sure we couldn't watch it for a long time.
0: I can see that. I mean it. I mean, obviously, like to anyone who's a fan of Power Rangers, I mean, they know like a majority of it's like fighting and everything. Um, yeah,
1: well, but it's absurd fighting. I don't think they actually ever hit anybody. Really, no, it's God, all no. like
0: dance no. fights. No, yes. Yeah, and then when they do,
1: when they do "quote unquote" hit somebody, it's always like jumping through the air and disguising yeah. the fact that they weren't hit with with a shower of sparks.
0: <laughs> My favorite thing is like every every strike, every kick, every like spin always has like a. A very aggressive, like, like yell to it. Like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely amazing. Uh, So I'm super excited for that. Um, Work has been going good. Uh, I started a new job last week. Uh, It's been going phenomenal uh, since. Been very happy. Um, I never realized how miserable I was at my previous employment until uh, I came here. And really? I know, I was putting a lot of stock in, uh, and only being in that job for a week and a half, you know, obviously things could change. Uh, it could get worse. Sure. But, um, honestly, like I knew, I knew my previous employment was bad. I just didn't realize how bad it was. Mm. Um, I, I've been less stressed. I've been less miserable, um, I found like a new. I have a newfound like sense of, uh, of, I guess, happiness. I just, nice. I just can't. I can't explain it other than it's just. I just. I I I feel more uplifted. Um, everyone there is awesome. It's really cool. Uh, so I mean, like I said, I mean, I've only been there a little, a little under, a little over a week. So I mean, it's hard to really. You know, establish how a place is, but, like, just from, you know, jump street, I guess you want to use that term, um, it just feels right, and it feels good. And you know that the people there actually give a shit about succeeding together and not dictated by, you know, a manager who wants to use, like, fear tactics in order to make you work or think he has to threaten your job in order to make you uh, uh, do your job. Yeah, you know, function or do you job the
1: way he wants you to.
0: Exactly. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like I said, I, it, I'm thinking about a lot, but not, not, not anything out of the regular. You know, very basic. Like this is obvious what I've been thinking about. Um, oh shit, there is something. Oh yeah. <laughs> Awkward. Colin might, uh, might be uh, starting a podcast. Oh nice. Yeah, he uh, he said that he's finding an interest in uh, story writing, and he may actually uh, create a uh, podcast about some stories he's writing that may actually just be read on a podcast.
2: Nice. Good
1: for him.
0: <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I saw him over the weekend, and obviously I told him, yeah, you know, he's always welcome to come and, you know, can be, you know, just like guest host with us again whenever he wants and everything, and he's open to the idea of me like, popping on from time to time, but yeah, he mentioned that uh, he, he's finding an interest in maybe writing some short stories of his own and maybe reading them on a podcast. So I encourage him to do it and uh, told him that he has the full support of Freaknest Studios behind him if he wanted to.
2: Yeah, nice. Really?
0: It's really an opportunity for us to open the doors to people here at Freaknest Studios. Absolutely. And, and, here's, and here's why I love doing this with you, Joe, because clearly I'm doing this to fucking everybody. And uh, I probably should run it by you, but I know that you trust me enough to to do that. You know? Oh, for sure. You know, and it's, I mean, obviously, it's, you know, it's close people. It's Colin, it's, you know, Babes of Lore, it's Clint, uh, you know, stuff like that. But, I mean, obviously, you know, our whole goal here is to grow. And I think with the right people, we could grow in a positive way in the way we want to grow. So. hmm so there is something really cool that I've actually been thinking about, and I, I i feel I feel bad that I forgot about it, but yeah uh, it'd be pretty cool to see if Aqua Khan does pursue it because uh um he's a very creative person, yeah, you know, I don't know if people not maybe I don't know if people really know that about him, but like yeah, he's pretty creative when it comes to like stories and stuff, so mm-hmm. yeah so will see but
1: yeah well i I think you know just uh, in terms of timing for his life. When he was on the show, uh, I don't think it was. I don't. I don't think he was his most interesting creative self. Most no. of
0: the time. Now, I, I and I, I don't fault him for that because he was in college. Um, right. Yeah. I wish I wish he had more of an availability to be to be his true self on the show.
2: Correct.
0: Like, yeah. So, but I mean, yeah, really we really got
1: on a topic you really liked, like uh, talking about the crow or whatever.
0: I mean, yeah, he, was, yeah.
1: he was really engaged and, and fantastic. I mean, I loved listening to him about it.
0: Yeah, you know, when he had so. an awkward state of mind and awkward flicks and so he died, he got very invested in it. Um, yeah, I think I think if we caught Colin uh, on the show in the last two years, uh, we would have had more of a creative uh, uh, responses from him. But I think he was hmm. just so focused on getting his degree done and everything uh it was just a weird But like I said, I mean hopefully he does do it, or if anything, hopefully he just comes on our show like, you know, at one point or another just to kinda like stop back in and say hi. Yeah. Um, hey Joe. Yes. Every week our listeners can catch Cartoon Joe here on this freaking show. Uh but unfortunately they can't catch the freak Joe after today because he will be in hibernation until next October. So why don't you tell everyone where they can catch Cartoon Joe before he returns next week.
1: Hey, if you need to find Cartoon Joe, you can find him over at the Geek Cast Live podcast at violentpress.com. You can also find him on Facebook, iTunes, Google Play, and Twitter, or no, Spotify and Twitter by searching Geek Cast Live.
0: Perfect. Guys, make sure you check Babes of Lore's first episode next Monday, October 31st, uh, released on Podbean. Uh, we'll go ahead and we'll share that to uh, our social media for them as well. Follow them on Instagram, Babes of Lore. And also make sure you follow our social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, just by searching This Freaking Show. And, of course, you can find our shows when they are released on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, just by searching This Freaking Show. Of course, head over to YouTube, search the FreakNet Studios YouTube channel, check out all of our vlogs uh, of the Indiana Cemetery tour that we did, Uh, we did, we did 12. So far, 10 have been released. Two more coming this week. And of course, the final one being released on Halloween as well. Make sure you do subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hit the notification bell and thumbs up on our, uh, on our, uh, videos. You know, we do this shit for you, not for us. A little bit for us. Like 40% us, 60%. Yeah. That's a lot. That's good. That's a lot. You know? Mm So, guys, that's all I have. So as always, I am Travesty.
1: And for the last time this year, I'm
2: the Freak Joke. And thank you for listening to another episode of this freaky show. I'm